Chapter 24 Year 874 PXF Summer From afar, the Corvermain estate looked deserted, but for a single light shining in Veronique's parlor on the third floor overlooking the courtyard. The estate and surrounding buildings seemed no worse for wear, having predictably escaped the damage its lord inflicted on the region. Thorn checked his surroundings for any unseen threat. Then, cloaked in darkness and armed with his intimate knowledge of the estate, he crept across the still-manicured gardens and over the high wall of the courtyard. Thorn landed in a crouch, hidden by the deep shadows of the training yard where Talon and Lachlan used to spar, and skulked toward the main house where his childhood rooms were. Thorn was halfway across the open expanse when a glint of light from the smithy caught his eye, and at that moment he knew where Kasfarian had referred to as his home. His silent form changed direction and padded its way into the deserted space, carefully closing the wide door behind him. Looking around the cold and empty smithy, he couldn't help but absorb some of its chill into his spirit. The stark contrast between its current state to the sanctuary it once was to him years before was profound and heartbreaking. Shaking away encroaching memories, he found he was staring at the forge, and he could not recall a time in his memory when it sat as cold and lifeless as it did now. Trusting the deity had not led him astray, Thorn searched every nook and cranny of the space, but could not find much of anything left behind by Mikal or anyone else. Despondent and with a fugue threatening to overtake him, the man that once was Talon sat alone in the darkness. His mind wheeled as it would in his younger days, projecting what the remainder of his life might be. Here he was, starting over with nothing, burdened with the face and form of the years he had lived, but everything else he built now crumbled and gone. Nearing forty years old, with the search for the love he lost molding twenty of them. Was the search for Riken even something he, as Thorn, should pick up? Or should it die, along with Talon Corps Vermain, back in the spring? The audacity of even considering continuing the folly that had shaped over half of Talon's life almost made him laugh. This was his escape. Thorn could walk away from Riken just like he was about to walk away from Elorion and everything else that had been Talon. As the conversation with himself about his two selves continued, he had to tamp down a creeping sense of hysteria that threatened to bubble up inside of him. Thorn felt that letting it loose might overwhelm him and break his mind. Across from Thorn, the smithy door slowly crept open on its hinges, moved by some errant breeze he neither felt nor heard. It revealed the crumbling woodpile outside, like a curtain, drawn to reveal a stage. By some delirium or ghostly haunting, as clearly as if it was happening at that moment, he watched the first day he met Riken replay in the courtyard, but now from his current vantage point inside the smithy. There young Talon was, in his flamboyant hunting attire, frozen by the sight of the mysterious, beautiful boy at the woodpile. Gods, how small and lonely he looked. And there was Riken, looking all elbows and knees compared to what he would soon become in just a few years. Thorn remembered just how desperate he was for someone to want him. Even though young Talon would never admit it, his ego still wrapped up in the idea of being his father's son.
Then he watched it happen, the moment Talon's life changed. Riken looking up and asking for Talon's help to carry splits of wood. From this vantage point, Thorn saw the gulp young Talon made and the slight shaking of his hands. Riken turned and walked into the smithy just as he had in the memory, but now he was walking straight toward Thorn. Even at this young age, Riken was just as beautiful as Thorn remembered him, but now he could see what young Talon never did. Riken whispering to himself, Please let him want to be my friend. Please let him want to be my friend. There was no way Talon could know what Thorn was now seeing, but in his heart he knew it was the truth of that moment so many years ago. Riken had needed Talon as much as he needed Riken. Thorn stepped out of the way of the two memory ghosts as they began to light the fire and play out the rest of what had occurred, and as Riken looked deep into the firebox, Thorn realized the one place in the smithy he hadn't looked for the gift a god had left for him. The apparitions of Riken and young Talon dissolved as Thorn dropped to his knees and looked into the cold firebox under the forge. Far in the back corner, there looked like what was just another mound of coal and ash, but for the slight metallic glint it gave off. Grabbing a long poker, Thorn was able to hook it and drag it forward to where he could reach it. Whatever Thorn had found had not been disturbed for a very long time, as parts of it were wholly covered in molten slag and sand turned to raw, blackened glass. Thorn broke apart the brittle detritus that encased the object, and as he did, he found that it unfolded like fabric. Turning it and spreading it across his soot-covered hands, he discovered it was a chainmail shirt made of the finest links Thorn had ever seen. At first, Thorn thought it must be made of dwarven limdian, due to its light weight and ability to survive in the burning heat of the deep forge fires for God only knew how long. But it was far too dark, and did not carry the bright sheen of the prized gleaming metal of the dwarves. As he examined it, the shirt, which was sized more for someone of Osman's height and lighter build, seemed to conjure additional links and chains until it soon was of a size to fit his far larger frame. Tears in his eyes, Thorn could not help but reflect on the memory of his little brother and his outfit at the gala, which had been held here on these grounds a little over a year before. Thorn whispered under his breath, Enchanted, of course, and held the chainmail close to his chest. Gods, how could a year change the lives of so many so completely? Knowing this was what he came for, Thorn, Caught in the emotion of remembering Osman and the satisfaction of the discovery, tucked the male shirt under his cloak. He was fully prepared to walk back into the courtyard, closing the door on another pain-filled chapter from the life of the man he had been before. But that was not to be. Instead, the willowy form of Veronique Corvermain, carrying a shrouded lantern in one hand and one of her ever-present books in the other, stepped into the smithy.